We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. AirPods Pro with adaptive audio. Automatically keeps out the sounds you don't want to hear so you can listen to your music. And lowers your music to let in the sounds you do need to hear. Hi there. Hi, what can I get you? I'll have a strawberry mango coconut probiotic smoothie with wheatgrass. Anything else? Extra wheatgrass. Here you go. AirPods Pro with adaptive audio. Available on AirPods Pro second generation when enabled. going on it's wednesday happy holidays yada 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 we got football coming up i'm eric crane joined by rich rebar and evan sylvan we're here for the dfs pick six uh roto world zfx pick six presented by roto grinders rich we missed you this weekend buddy i know i missed you guys I'm, I'm super jealous that you guys got the bond in person but happy thanksgiving guys you know it's a it's a fun it's a fun week here of football you know we get that special game slate you get to watch football all day with your family you know drink a lot of bourbon you know mixing some coquito it's it's a good it's a good thursday coming up yeah and of course evan are you going to be partaking in any of the uh, bourbon drinking this no, I, I get a I get a sign off for for bourbon drinking from bourbon drinking for at least a little while uh, after the weekend. Um, <laughs> so get get my voice back, but it was, it was a great time. It was great to meet you in real life, Crane. And uh, you, we were talking about like some of your past wins. Obviously, you know you won the Millie Maker, but you were telling me how your first big win ever, I think, was on Thanksgiving. Yep. Right. Yeah, so uh, yeah, about two years ago, it was I think a big Theo Riddick day. I know I lo- I remember I locked in. Stafford and Calvin Johnson and then uh Theo Riddick caught a big play had a couple big plays in that one so yeah it's like a I, I love the short slates I love the Thanksgiving slates it's uh it's some of the softest DFS we get anymore because you know there are a lot of especially this late in the year there are a lot of really good players out there but boy they just come out of the woodwork on Thanksgiving man. It's, it's a beautiful beautiful thing Reeves are you going to put in a lot of volume this uh tomorrow I am, man. I'm excited because I wanted to talk to you about, you know, we don't do, this is more of like an analysis show we do. Me, me and Evan are more like professional, you know, analysts here. And you're more of like the, the big time pro player. So I would like to talk to you a little bit about, you know, it's, you know, people that want to, are interested in setting, you know, you know, max entering, you know, lineups on, on short slates like this, because I think what a lot of people try to do that get into multi-entry and try it out on a weekend like this is they try to spread themselves out and try to try to cover so many different angles. You know, try to say, I'm going to try to maximize having a little piece of everyone. But really when the key is, to, you know, pick out the plays, you, you know, uh, and go over on those specific guys, you know, not try to just chase, you know, having a piece of random, random, random dude at wide receiver four that catches, you know, one pass for maybe a touchdown, you know, because he's going to be paired with so many suboptimal plays that don't hit. So, I mean, why don't you lay out, cause you've been, you've been max entering, you know, lineups for a long time, a few years here, you know, setting 150 plus lineups. Why don't you just run through it real fast for everyone? Yeah. I mean, like the main thing you want to do is exactly what you said, like the opposite of what you said, you know, people like to say, well, I, I if I do 150 on a three game slate, I can cover everything. And it's just like, that's such an, that's such a wrong way to go about it because what you want to do you want to get a very narrow player pool and then from there you want to build around that like I will probably in all honesty I'm probably only going to play one quarterback tomorrow. I'm going to play one quarterback and lock him up 
probably if it's a guy I really like, like if I just, let's say I just, I don't know who I'm going yet. Let's say I decide to go Rivers and I'm probably going to lock in Keenan Allen too. Um, then I'm, you know, I'm probably hoping for a charter on slot. And since Melvin Gordon's really the only elite running back on this whole slate, I'm probably going 90% Melvin Gordon there too. And then I'm just going to, you know, find some other guys I like. Let's say uh, like Golden Tate, I'm really high on this weekend. So then I'm going to go eight, 90% Golden Tate. And I'm just going to rotate around that particular core. Then you throw a couple mm-hmm. high upside guys and there a guy like, uh, like a Kenny Galladay, or I even think Cole Beasley's got some upside tomorrow. Um, you know, guys like that. And you kind of want to rotate those guys in and out because if you try and cover all the bases, like you're, you're just drawing dead. You have absolutely no shot to succeed because you know, everybody says, well, 150 lineups, how many combinations there can be? Well, guess what guys, there are 88,000 people in this tournament tomorrow. And when I won it, like I didn't chop it with anybody, not a single person that I chop it with. Like that's, that's what you want to do. You know, there are some other ways you can go about doing it to make sure you're not chopping, make sure you leave few hundred bucks on the table on every lineup I don't think that's necessary just because if you're creating a really tight core and that core ends up going off and it ends up being the right core then you're going to have the nuts more times than not and that's kind of what you're shooting for yeah our our big guy that we really liked last year and I pretty much went all in on him and I mean I I had a good Thanksgiving uh, but I think some of us had a really good Thanksgiving uh, was Anquan Bolden, uh, and we need to try to find this year's Anquan Bolden. All right, well, let's go ahead and do it then. Let's go ahead and jump into this slate because it's. Uh, I, I'm not sure where I'm going, and usually by this time, Thanksgiving Eve, you know, it's 9.15 here in Southern Illinois, and uh, usually I know where I'm going, and I'm not exactly sure yet. So It's let's a weird go- set of games, man. Uh, you know, when, yeah. when I, think, I think about this set of games, and I think about what we had last year. And last year we had so many premier plays, like if those games were in the main slate of games, like we had Zeke, you know, last year, we had that Redskins-Cowboys game. We had the Steelers playing the Colts that on that Sunday night against Scott Polzine or that Thursday night game. Like we had a lot of players that if they were in the main player pool, we would have been drawn to those picks. And I feel like if you re- if you throw these games into the main slate, like there probably like wouldn't be like a lot of dudes that would stick out, like that we would want to play, you know, outside of like Kirk Cousins and Melvin Gordon. So I'm like really curious to see how this slate plays out. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting. And like you said, I mean, you, you know, I know I mentioned that I'm probably just going to play one quarterback tomorrow. And I kind of look at this slate and I'm like, okay, normally I like to lock in a quarterback and then I like to lock in a wide receiver with that quarterback. Evan, if I look at this three-game slate, it's really tough to find like one quarterback who says, okay, this is my one receiver who I'm going to lock in on, except for maybe Dak and Dez, and Dez got, has got a tough matchup on the outside. Yeah, and you mentioned Rivers and Keenan Allen, and I think that I'm, I'm kind of thinking that Rivers might be one of the lower owned out of the six uh, quarterbacks because I think that a lot of people are going to play Melvin Gordon because he's like clearly maybe head and shoulders above everyone else at running back. And they're going to think that, well, um, you know, it's maybe not optimal to play the quarterback too. You know, I want Melvin Gordon to have a big game. Uh, but I think that in terms of just matchup environment, you know, playing indoors in the, the highest total game on the slate, uh, you know, against a Cowboys defense that hasn't been great against the pass uh, and it will be without Sean Lee. I think that Phillip Rivers is, is a really, really enticing play and he's significantly cheaper, uh, particularly on FanDuel, uh, than Kirk Cousins. I mean, I think that Kirk Cousins is the best play. That doesn't mean that he's going to end up being in the winning lineup. doesn't mean that he's going to end up being the best value, but I think that he's very much the best play. You can also make arguments against Kirk Cousins one of them being the fact that he is without Chris Thompson, uh, who we haven't seen him in a full game this year so far uh, where he has not had Chris Thompson. And, I mean, Chris Thompson, I think, leads the team in receiving yards on the season, or at least he did as of a couple of weeks ago. So uh, I haven't, like, checked the team, you know, the, the team stats, uh, you know, from, from that standpoint. Like, right. So, um, uh yeah, I think that you can make some arguments against him. I think he's going to be my highest guy, uh, and I'm, I'm probably going to try to jam him in in cash. But I, I like Philip Rivers a lot, and you, you play him with Keenan Allen. I think that you play Stafford with Golden Tate. Uh, I think you can play play uh, Rivers with Gordon as well. Uh, Gordon, uh, since the the Chargers buy, is uh, second on the team in targets behind only Keenan Allen, um, and then. 
uh, you know, Case Keenum, you, you, you can get cute and, and, and play him with, you know, a bunch of his, his different uh, pass catchers. You know, one of the things you mentioned too, people say, well, I don't want to play Rivers because I'm going to play Melvin Gordon. It's This isn't a normal slate. It's not like we're sitting here looking at saying, okay, well, these guys all have to go off. I need 20 or 30 from each guy. It's on short slates, it's less about value and it's more about the raw point. So if you think Melvin Gordon's going to be one of the highest raw point running backs, and that's even if Phillip mm-hmm. Rivers goes off, then you're going to need him to win. If Melvin Gordon is one of the <laughs> highest scoring running backs, you will need him to win tomorrow. So uh, Philip Rivers, as far as I'm concerned, it doesn't even matter that much. Like if you have Rivers, you just play Gordon because you're needing to win those positions. Um, all right, let's go ahead and look at Minnesota and Detroit. Let's start with the uh, let's start with the Lions side, Rich, because Evan mentioned, you know, if you're going to play Stafford, if you're playing him with Tate, and I agree, I, I feel like Marvin Jones and Golden Tate are going to have similar ownership, but Reeves, for me, it's Golden Tate, and I'm not even sure it's close. Yeah, I think that I think he'll be the guy everyone looks at. I mean, giving Xavier Rhodes and what he's done against Marvin Jones the the last you know three times that since they played since Marvin Jones has been a Lion, he's total. He's had just seven catches for 101 total yards in those three games total, seven catches. So I mean, Rhodes has only played four snaps in the slot uh, against the. Lions over the past five times they played so I mean Tate's gonna have the you know the best individual matchup the thing is when you look at these two teams and they played like they've got a pretty long running history of just playing like snooze fests uh you know since Mike Zimmer has been there they've gone over 40 combined points just twice the two the two of those seven games a high of 47 uh Stafford just hasn't gotten off on Zimmer I mean he's been higher than QB 16 just once uh any time they've played it's just they're just having a lot of points in these games not not any of the games that both teams scored over 20 points so i mean it's a really this is a really unique game so i think we could talk ourselves into a lot of the minnesota pieces when we get to that side um i'm probably going to full fade the lions i think that's my game plan except for out of some i'll rotate i'm going to rotate some tate in because when you look at the wide receivers on this slate there really are no like guys that you could really make a convincing case for like this guy's this guy could have really multiple touchdowns there aren't many of those guys so when we're looking at spike week options golden tate's one of those guys i mean you know a lot of people think of him as like a safe floor commodity like jarvis landry because he is a yak guy and he gets like 90 receptions a year he's on his way for his fourth straight 90 reception season but golden tate is like a traditional spike player he has a lot of those games that he had last weekend but he has these games where he has 20 plus points uh he's always been that type of player so i mean we're talking about guys in the slate that have 20 point upside he's one of those guys so i mean he's really the only guy i'm looking at uh, on this side, I mean, you look at the the Vikings, man, they've allowed just five touchdown passes over their past seven games, just three to wide receivers over that span. It's like, I've, I have a hard time. I know this game's in Detroit and they can play with some tempo, but I have a hard time like coercing myself into like a lot of the Lions plays. I mean, I know you, you had mentioned Galladay as an upside guy. I mean, he still ran fewer routes than TJ Jones uh, last week. I mean, he's that splash play guy, but like, He's not – you're paying for that, too. He's not super cheap. I mean, he's 58 on FanDuel. What is he on DK? You know off the top of your head? 38 on hey, That's way more palatable. Yeah, that's way more palatable. So, I mean, yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I'd like to hear your guys' side, though. But I think I'm going in just with a borderline full fade on the Lions. And if I'm wrong, I'll play the late two games. like a poor man's Ryan Grant. I don't want anything to do with TJ Jones. Evan, when we talk about Golden Tate, the first matchup, I, re- I rewatched the, uh, the game they played in week four earlier today, and Golden Tate was pretty invisible. They didn't target him that much. Mm-hmm. Aaron Fells saw as many targets as Golden Tate did. They really tried to feature Amir Abdullah. So, like, is, do you, are you afraid that that's going to happen again in this matchup? Uh, I'm not, I'm not, because I think that uh, the, the matchup is still good. You know, I, I, I would have played him in that spot anyways, you know, to, and re- regardless of that result. And uh, s- since then, the, the Vikings have really started to work in a uh, player named Mackenzie Alexander in the slot corner. They did this with uh, Terrence Newman and uh, Trey Waynes last year. Um, and I think that when Mackenzie Alexander is in the game, uh, I think that Stafford is going to go after this guy uh, and Golden Tate will be against him. Golden Tate placed 80% of his snaps in the slot. Uh, and, uh, you know, I mean, they're just trying to work in a younger player. Trey Waynes has actually been pretty good uh, recently. Early in the year, uh, he was terrible. He was a guy that we could pick on every week and we stopped picking on him because he wasn't giving up a lot of big plays anymore. 
Uh, I mean, he's still giving up a lot of yards over the course of the season, uh, but I don't, he's not like a guy that we can, you know, chalk up. He's not a, he's not a Justin Bethel, you, you know, he's not a Bleedy Ray Wilson. Uh, he's, you know, he's been solid. I think that we go after the Vikings in the slot. I know it didn't work out in one, in one game. That's a one game sample. Uh, I think that we're going to go, we, we need to go after it in this game. Um, and I'm kind of with Reeves that, I mean, I, I don't, I'm going to end up playing a decent number of Lions players, you know, just to make lineup for, for lineup construction purposes. But I, I'm really not excited to play any line, uh, Lions players on Thanksgiving. Yeah. By the way, if you want to look at uh, McKenzie Alexander, you should take a look at his tackling stats. He's one of the absolute worst tackling cornerbacks in all of football. And uh, I should be well going you. against the uh, Yak guy. Yeah, that, that might be trouble against a guy like Golden Tate. So <laughs> yeah, Golden Tate's been one of the r- best run after catch receivers in, in in the league for like a half decade. Yeah. So going to the Minnesota side, and Reeves, I know you kind of mentioned that like there are a number of guys here that we should be interested in. I'm I'm kind of running into the other issue though. Like you guys are talking about the Lions, it's tough for me to get excited about either of these Minnesota wide receivers. Are you talking to me or Ev? Yeah, you. Oh, uh, me. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people are going to uh, look at Thielen, and you know, he's on a hot streak, and you know, he was a guy that was due for touchdown, you know, pro- progression, positive touchdown regression, and he's gotten it. You know, he scored in three straight games. Do you guys know the last Vikings receiver to score in four straight games? Mossman, Mossman, no. Chris Carter, Josh Reed, Percy Harvin in 2011. Percy Harvin. Right. Harvin. Yeah, the, you know, uh, you know, it's fitting we bring up Percy Harvin because we have another player dealing with migraines. You know that we'll talk about later. Uh, you know, um, but yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people want to play Thielen. He's the most expensive guy on both sites. You know, Thielen is that guy that has shown he's got the safest floor almost of all receivers in the NFL, and now he's added this you know spike weeks, but. You know, counting on those touchdowns every week is, is tough, and you're paying for them. Um, I'm looking. I think Diggs is the is the play on the slate. Uh, you know, a lot of people aren't going to play him because of Darius Slay, but he's had success against the Lions when he because he can get away from Slay. I mean, he runs a quarter of his routes from the slot as well. They play both these guys in the slot. Thielen's just there more often. Diggs has actually had three top twenty weeks against the against the uh, Lions, uh, and he had five for ninety eight the first time these two teams met. He doesn't do a lot of damage on Slay, but like I said, he gets away from him. It's not be a situation where Slay is always on him. Slay's going to be on both these guys at different points of the game. So I mean, he's going to have a shot to make plays. I feel like he'll be the lowest owned, and obviously we know he's capable of having spike production as well. Uh, I'll probably have I'll probably try to be over on Diggs. I think uh, the backs, man. I'm looking at this backfield though. I think you can play both of these backs. I'm really having a tough time, you know, look deciding who to play because both these guys are getting a lot of touches. Uh, McKinnon, even though Latavius has like cut into his goal line work and is taking touches, I mean, McKinnon's got 17 or more touches now in five of his past six games. Low of just 12. That's plenty of volume for the types of um, the type of player he is and he Detroit is 24th you know in receiving points allowed the running backs and now Detroit also since they lost Haloti Nada has just been hemorrhaging you know rushing production they've allowed 200 rushing yards in back-to-back games now they have faced the most rushing attempts from inside the five-yard line in the NFL they have allowed multiple rushing touchdowns over their past three games uh, so, I mean, that, that bodes well for a guy like Latavius Murray as well. So, I mean, I'm having a tough time deciding. I think Latavius is a lot better, more enticing, I'd say, like FanDuel, obviously. Uh, but, I mean, I think I, I look at his backfield, and I think that, um, that that's the play in the game is that these guys are going to do well. Because the Vikings offensive line is playing really well uh, as well. So, I mean, I think that I want to hone in on those two guys. I think you can play them together as well, especially on a site like DraftKings where you're getting the PPR. Uh, did we lose Reeves? Did you? I, I, Evan, can you hear Reeves at all? I heard everything you said, Crane. Did you really? Wow. So it's safe. me? I'm safe. Ah, oh, it's me. <laughs> no, anything but that. Oh, I'm all plugged in and everything. All right. Reeves can. It wasn't important. Okay, well, as long as it was nothing important, then we're okay. <laughs> oh, so fired over here. Yeah, but, you know, you were mentioning the two running backs and, like, I mean, Isaiah Crowell just torched this Lions team. I mean, when Isaiah Crowell is getting off against you, like – I mean, I don't know about you, Evan, but I love—I really like Murray and McKinnon this week. Yeah, the, I mean, the Lions' run defense has really fallen apart over their last two games. Uh, I remember, you know, wanted to be all in on Le'Veon in that Sunday night game against the Lions, and they—they they stymied them. You know, and I was like, "Wow, is this? They're—they're going to be all right." But over their last two, I mean, Jordan Howard stomped them. 
and the Browns RB stomped them. Uh, so it was a combo. It was a combo. Duke yeah, and, and Duke, Crowell and, Duke, and Cohen right. and Cohen and Howard. Yeah. So you know we're we're getting to the point where they're 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 a matchup to attack. Uh, I you know I have like I I have like biases against like certain players, and I sort of have one against Latavius Murray. So I'm not going to play him. Uh, I think I'm going to shed my bias against Melvin Gordon this week, which I know will backfire. <laughs> I know that that will backfire. Um, but I, I like I, I really like Jarek McKinnon. I mean, Jarek McKinnon, even last week, more touches than Latavius Murray, way more snaps than Latavius Murray. Uh, and the Lions have given up the, uh, the, the fifth most receptions and the ninth most receiving yards to opposing running backs. I really like the – and he's cheaper – than Latavius on FanDuel, obviously, because he has a little bit uh, lower touchdown probability. I mean, Latavius is to the point where he's seventh in the NFL in uh, carries inside the five. When they get in scoring position, he's getting the rock. Uh, but I like that McKinnon is cheaper uh, on FD, and um, I like that he's getting more touches and he has that that bigger play big, bigger playability. McKinnon is – or not McKinnon. Latavius is going to crush this week. That's, I know, I, man. That's, I know. that's my big leverage call this week. I think Latavius is going to crush. Uh, Rich, what do you think about Kyle Rudolph this week? Because, you know, Detroit Lions against tight ends, I have some interest, but I like just, I just like other tight ends more, and obviously we'll get the big burn later. Yeah, I think the problem that Rudolph runs into is that the late game, the two guys are just, just head and shoulders, way better plays. I mean, he just Rudolph just hasn't had the ceiling that he had a year ago. He's got five or more catches now in six straight games. You got a nice little safety net there if you want if you want to use him, but I mean the, the yardage just hasn't been there, um, and the touchdowns haven't really come either. So I mean it's it's tough. The matchup's good enough, like I said. I mean Detroit. I mean nine point six yards per target to opposing tight ends, the most in the league. Definitely take a shot. I mean we always talk about attacking this Detroit Lions, you know, defense, you know, through through the linebacker play with running backs and tight ends. So I mean you could take a shot. It's, it's the problem. The problem I think is just he runs into the player pool. He's just not as good as a play as the two guys that are going at night. But he's significantly cheaper than them, and I mean, I, I think the matchup is really good. But what do you need to him. save money for, though? Here, like this is the only, that's the other dilemma. So you can jam it. Melvin Gordon for the can first. Melvin Gordon, man. I mean, <laughs> are you having trouble fitting Melvin Gordon in? <laughs> I mean, if you want to play Kirk Cousins and Melvin Gordon, and <laughs> you know maybe Thielen and um, you know Keenan Allen, I mean, you're, you're gonna have to save somewhere, right? Oh, yeah. does it really have to be with Kyle Rudolph, though? Yeah. I, I can say with no, Kenny no. Holiday. Yo, Kent, Kyle Rudolph has a good matchup, and he's got uh, seven-plus targets in six straight games. So, Yeah, five more grabs yeah. and all of them. Yeah. Yep. And, yeah. And, and, and you can go double tight end this week on DraftKings. Absolutely. Like that, I have no problem with that whatsoever, especially with Rudolph's price, which is really, really cheap. Uh, all right, let's talk about – the Chargers. Are we, did you guys want to talk about Keenum? Is anyone playing Keenum? No. Okay. You know, it's another situation <laughs> where – it's another situation where, like, his pass catchers – I don't think you – I bet he won't be. I bet he won't be. I think be. he's going to be the third highest quarterback owned. It's another situation where I think his pass catchers are in good spots. And, like, I've, I've done this before, like, where I didn't want to play Case Keenum, but I knew that, like, all his pass catchers were in pretty good spots and just kicking myself the next day, like, I should have liked him more, you know. So, I don't know. I don't, I don't really know if I'm going to end up playing him, but I, I can totally, like, you know, sense the forthcoming regret. I mean, I, I just wanted to cover it. He's priced so cheap at 5300 over on DK. And I just like the running game more than I do the passing game. I do. I think he. I think it's gonna go Cousins, Rivers, Keenum in ownership because he's the Dak, cheap guy. Is Dak just gonna be completely ignored? I don't know. We'll like, get yeah. to that game next. But I wanted to hear because Keenum's been hot as well. So I mean, a lot of people are. You know, Keenum is hot. He's on TV shows. People are telling you to stream him. You know. You know, he's hot. But I mean, I think when you look at this matchup, Detroit's kind of interesting, man. I, I think it has trap potential not only from the angle that I talk about when these two teams play, they don't score points. Uh, but, I mean, if you look at Detroit, they're definitely not a good defense, but um, they've only allowed three QB1s. And when you look at the past three games, they've given up a lot of quarterback points, but it's all rushing production. I mean, Trubisky yeah. got them for, for – they've given up 45% of their points allowed to quarterbacks the past three weeks have been on the ground. 
Trubisky got him for 50. Um, Kaiser got him for 60 and a 57 in a score. And then Hunley got him for 22 in a score. So it kind of skews the overall numbers. Those guys didn't really throw for, for anything. And I, I know that, you know, uh, Keenum's got way better weaponry than those guys had to, to float, to float the difference. Uh, but you know, it's kind of, kind of just an interesting thing. I, I think he's going to be, I think a lot of people are going to play him though. Sweet. Is he? <laughs> I might be, maybe I'm just wrong. Maybe just everyone goes 90%. It's just 80, I mean, I, 80 90% You can play him when, like, it's going to be awfully tough to win on a three-game slate if you don't have the highest-scoring quarterback. And, like, the chance of him being the highest-scoring quarterback, I think, are, like, I think they're under 10%. I think they're really, really small. I think Stafford will have more ownership than you expect, Reeves. I think Stafford, honestly, is really? going to have a lot of ownership. Yeah. Yeah. Just from I Thanksgiving's mean, past? <laughs> no, I mean, I think, I think people are going to – like, a lot of people are going to play Tate. Uh, and I think that a lot uh, that like Stafford has been really good in fantasy lately, so I think that people will like that. Yeah, I think Stafford is going to be one of the. I kind of think he's going to be the second highest on quarterback. So do I. Right behind. I'm going to have zero Matt Stafford. I know oh, me that. too. I want nothing to do with Matt Stafford. Like, I, like if I'm playing on a if I'm playing on Fanduel, I'll just play Golden Tate and Matt Prater together. Like I, he, I want. He keeps delivering in these bad matchups. You what? Well, last week was a bad one. Yeah. But, I mean, I don't think any of the other ones were, were that bad. He's had a pretty nice run here of, of soft spots. I mean, I, don't, okay. I know people want to point to the Steelers, but – and, yeah. you know, I, I want to bring up the Saints defense later on too. Uh, but, I mean, you have to look at – SOS works both ways. And I think the Steelers are, mm. are, are a good defense, but, I mean, the Steelers – have not really, you know, faced a lot of face anyone at quarterback. Yeah, that's and true. The Saints are a similar team too. I know that they've been buzzworthy. I mean, no one's really faced good quarterbacks though. I mean, because there true. aren't that many well, the good Chiefs. quarterbacks chilling, you know. <laughs> okay, okay. I just pulled up the uh, Roto Grinders projected ownership. Do you guys want to hear it? Oh yeah, run it down. All right. Well, let's run it on. Uh, let's go DraftKings first. Okay, Cousins is going to be the highest stone, thirty-five percent. Right after that is Rivers. So. Once again, Lord Reeves, you are the Lord. Congratulations. And he's at 30%. Nobody else over 12.5%. Stafford, 12.5%. Keenum, 10. Dak, 7.5. Eli, 5. So, and it was basically the same thing over on Fandle. And I'm really surprised that Stafford's not going to be higher. I actually think Stafford will be higher than 12%. Like, people just love playing. And you know what? Another thing, people love playing that first game. People love getting those points on the board. Like, they just, (laughs) people are going to play Golden Tate. I mean, I'm telling you, like, Trust me, Reese. I, I believe you. I believe you. I don't. I don't like playing that first game for that precise reason. Because you, <laughs> then, you, then you get all those points on the board. You, you know, your your winning is just the, the rest of the day. <laughs> that's when you. That's when you start drinking the bourbon. You know? <laughs> You're just screaming punts and field goals. Trust me, I know that. Right. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about the next game because looking at this projected ownership, I think I might have just found my favorite quarterback, and it's the Chargers and the Cowboys. <laughs> Dak Prescott at home, Evan, he's not going to be owned. And I don't know who else on this offense is going to do anything. Like, it's this is a pick game. Dak at home, they're getting uh, Tyron Smith back, the left tackle. Like, what am I missing here with Dak? Uh, he's – I mean, he's a very risky play at this point. I mean, he, he, is, he has a bad matchup, you know. I mean, look, there's six quarterbacks on the slate. You know, so – and he he has the most rushing equity of all of them. So he, he certainly has some appeal, but his matchup isn't good. He hasn't been good lately. That adds up to he's going to have – he's going to have very low ownership. Uh, the, he's also expensive. I mean, he's, he's – is, is he more expensive than Kirk Cousins on FanDuel, Reeves? I think he is. Uh, Dak? Yeah. I'll tell you in a second here. Uh, I go ahead. Finish, keep... He's 400 bucks cheaper than Cousins. Uh, okay. He's he's 76. Cousins is 88. Okay. Oh, are you I talking mean, about you... – I'm sorry. Uh, you're, you you meant Dak, right? Dak Prescott. Uh, Dak's the highest uh, on FanDuel. He's the he's highest owned guy on FanDuel. He's higher than Cousins. So – He's going to be low owned, man. So, Real okay, low so owned. Hold on. I get a home quarterback getting his getting his left tackle back in the game with the highest total on the slate, and he has the most rushing equity, and he's not going to be owned. Is that what you're telling me? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> God, I love Thanksgiving. <laughs> oh, now I know what I'm going to be thankful for, because to me, like, 
Reeves, all of that adds up to Dak being a really great tournament play. And I understand from a cash game standpoint, like the matchup's not good. Like those outside cornerbacks are really good. And this is kind of why I mentioned earlier, I have some interest in Cole Beasley in this spot, which I don't know. What do you think about 150 uh, Dak to Beasley teams? That sound good to you guys? Oh my goodness gracious, man. <laughs> you know, you know, Cole, Cole Beasley hasn't hit 50 yards since guess when? Ever. I don't know, but he scored two touchdowns. Last Thanksgiving. <laughs> yes. Oh, Last no. Th- oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Uh, much like all of us tomorrow he's gonna eat one of the issues with Dak is that there really are no matchup advantages for him uh we're gonna see Casey Hayward on Dez who I mean Dez is disappointed I expected more out of Dez you know I was a big Dez guy before the season uh you know even even you know in the midst of those three brutal matchups and uh, to begin the year and he has not delivered I expected a lot more from him uh, Terrence Williams is, you know, Captain Jag. Cole Beasley has done nothing all year except for these fluky games where he suddenly scores two touchdowns. Where it's like, how the heck did that happen? Well, I, and, I started him in season long that week, but uh, oh wow, okay. The Chargers have shut down tight ends. I mean, Travis Kelsey had one catch for one yard against him. Evan Ingram went he went goose egg. They held Gronk to fifty-seven yards. Uh, you know, so there's no matchup advantages here. They don't, the Chargers don't really give up rushing yards to quarterbacks. They, they play zone. They're, they're a cover three team, uh, although they use their cornerbacks sometimes like, like a man coverage team. Uh, so. Yeah, but besides all that. Besides all that. <laughs> no, I mean, you, you nailed a, a lot of good reasons. I mean, I think you play him naked then. I think you play him naked and you hope for like two rushing TDs. He, he leads all NFL quarterbacks in rushing touchdowns on the season. Yeah, and, you know, we've talked before about, like, Casey Hayward's shadowing. He's only shadowed, what, four times this year, not since week seven. So I don't necessarily think he's going to be shadowing Dez in this matchup. Reeves, what do you think about this Dallas offense as a whole? I I want to hear Evan State because I this is I have trouble with this game. I'm having a lot of trouble with this game. I've got trouble with the spread. I've got trouble with the implied totals. <laughs> I'm, I, like, it, nothing Everything makes a lot of wrong. sense to me, man. Well, because – Listen, Tyron Smith is a, a really important player for the Cowboys. We know that. But I just don't think that the Cowboys' problems are singular on any level. I think that they are a bad defense. They're going to be missing Sean Lee. Tyron Smith comes back, helps, but it's still a really good pass rush. You not, We're getting a not 100, 100% Tyron Smith either against one of the best pass rushes in the NFL. Uh, we've got Dak who has no matchup advantage, like Evan said. And we've also got Dak playing his worst string of football we've seen him play. Uh, that the left tackle was not the problem on Sunday night. The running game was not the problem on Sunday night. Dak was awful in that game on Sunday night. He was he played some of the worst football he's ever played, maybe the worst game of his career. Uh, and you know, maybe that's just it's surmounting that he's got to put so much on his shoulders. Maybe I don't know, but he's he hasn't played well. And now we're going to ask him to pop against the team that's allowed multiple touchdown passes three times all year. Uh, that's, it's like Evan said, that's a risky bet. I mean, for him to turn it around because I, th- I just don't think that this Cowboys team, um, is one. I also don't think it's very good right now. I just don't think they're a very good football team. I think they've got a lot of personnel groupings. When you look at each unit of, of this team, it's, there's not a lot to like on this, uh, about the Cowboys roster. And it's just very curious to me. I have a, I, I have a hard time with the, like, similar to the lions, like really finding a way, but you know, there's outside of the lions, there's. Everyone is every every other signal is saying to be invested here. Like it's hard. I'm having a hard. My analyst side is having a hard time catching up to my game theory side um, because they're they're pulling in opposite directions right now. No, and I, and I get it from a matchup standpoint. I haven't been playing quarterbacks or receivers against Los Angeles, uh, the Chargers. I want to play Alf though. Oh, I we'll get to Alf. But <laughs> Evan, talk to me about like this Dallas offense. How do you see them getting points on the board? I, you know, like I said, I just ran through their entire pass catcher core and, yeah. you know, I, oh, is it the running look, game? I love Dak Prescott. So, mm-hmm. you know, too. I, I mean, I, I really wanted to be able to like talk myself into Dak Prescott and I, I really have struggled to, to do so, especially when he's the highest priced dude on FanDuel. Um, the, the best matchup play is obviously Alfred Morris. Uh, the Chiefs or the, the Chargers have been gashed in run defense all year long, 27th in run defense DVOA, giving up 4.9 yards per carry to opposing running backs. They gave 8.2 yards per carry to Bills running backs last week. 
Um, you know, I, but there are also like significant negatives. Like if the, if the Cowboys fall behind, Alfred Morris isn't going to be on the field. Um, you know, Rod Smith will, he, and they haven't even been, he hasn't even been getting touches, like even when he's on the field a ton. Uh, so it's just, it, it really does feel like a dysfunctional offense right now. Reeves is always really good at diagnosing offenses. So it's not just a season, you know, it's, it's a, there are seasons within the season. And one of Reeves' greatest skills is like diagnosing the seasons within the season. And that's why, you know, he, he's one of the best in the business. And so I think that he, he might be on to something here. I guess I just keep going back to, I want to be ahead of the curve with these situations. I want to, I want to, I don't want to say, well, Dak has been, he's struggled, you know, quite a, obviously just a ton last week. He put up, I know he put up negative points over on FanDuel. But I mean, the weeks before that, 15 and 26 points against Kansas City and Atlanta. And I understand both those defenses are a lot worse than what the Chargers are, at least from a passing perspective. But yeah, basically, guys, here's what we've said. We said, hey, it, we look, like if, if he runs for two, if he runs for two, you're winning. You're winning. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and that's, that's a distinct possible. I mean, it's a small probability, but it, it's, you know, he's got the best chance of that at, at, by far of any quarterback on the slate. It feels yes. maybe, maybe, I don't know, maybe I'm stretching here. It feels kind of like a Russ Wilson situation where you don't really know where he's going to go with the ball. Like the outside receivers, maybe not great. You know, obviously there's no Doug Baldwin or Jimmy Graham here, but Reeves, it's like with Russ, like he just has to do everything. I feel like that's what we're looking at with Dak on this slate. Nobody's going to play him. Here's the difference, though, is the Seahawks have an absolute, like, shutdown run defense. And the Cowboys don't have that. The Cowboys have just gotten bled out the last two games. I mean, you want, that game was close. Like, the, Dallas did all they could in the first half of that game last week. And they held, you know, Philadelphia to field goals. They had a couple nice drives to start the game, but they ended up settling for field goals, which ended up haunting them. But eventually that defense just could not get enough stops, and especially on the ground. And that's what I worry. You look at the past few games, they got blood out. And, and the Chargers don't have a great offensive line. But I think when you look at the, what they're, how they're playing with, with and without Sean Lee against the run, I just don't know how they put, you know, Dak in the situation where he can just go jailbreak for all these short drives. Uh, like Russ can he's just he hasn't really shown that we had that one game against the Packers in the playoffs but we haven't had a lot of those games where he's forced to you know do do that um, like 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 Russ has you know captain fourth quarter you know put all these points up in the fourth quarter I mean since with Sean Lee out or in the game he played 10 snaps they've allowed five and a half yards per carry four touchdowns to running backs uh, in just those four games in the other six games they've only allowed two rushing touchdowns total and 3.8 yards per carry um, this is, I, I just don't see how they, you know, get enough stops in the run game. And maybe it is, maybe it's just a thing where the chargers, we get a, a game like Melvin Gordon because Melvin Gordon, like Evan, I said, he is a more quantity over quality type of runner. And maybe we have one of those games where it's just really inefficient and it keeps, you know, Dallas in, into that neutral script. Um, but yeah, it's hard for me. It's hard for me to really, to really get on board to where I, I, I can like draw a parallel to him and Russell Wilson because, you know, Dak hasn't really like done that yet. It's like we need to talk about more guys. I don't know why we're we're half an hour into the show. We're a game and a half in. You know why? <laughs> let's talk about uh, let's talk about the Chargers. <laughs> obviously, we like uh, obviously we like Melvin Gordon, um, and you know I think we all like Keenan Allen. Evan, where are you focusing in on this Chargers offense? I mean, in the spots that you just named, I'm going to have probably I'm going to try to go a little overweight. I think on Hunter Henry, um, I just think he's a good player and. Uh, he actually ran uh, his his routes run were way up last week and no Sean Lee for the Cowboys. So and his price is great. So I mean he's tournament only. You know I mean I'm not I'm not using him in cash. Trust me, but uh, I, I I think he's a solid play uh, on on Thanksgiving. Keenan Allen. Um, People have been talking about Mike Williams. I've listened to a bunch of podcasts, just Thanksgiving only podcasts. People people to happen yeah yeah he's he's like uh, the new josh doxson who by the way is going to is going to happen uh on on, on thursday night what, what do you think about that reeves do you think uh josh doxson is going to happen i'm having like a i'm back and forth on it I'm okay, okay. We'll wait we'll wait till we get there I, I, yeah i need 
I want to hear the take though, because yeah, I, I can see I can see both sides of that one. Like it's hard for me. I mean, you know, the worst is like so Tyrell Williams and Mike Williams really aren't good plays, but if one of them like scores a touchdown and gets sixty yards, you know, he's like the stones. So you know what's going to end up happening, by the way? It's the same thing that used to happen with the – or that – not used to, but still happens with the Cardinals, where you're going to see – you you know, you're going to see Williams catch a touchdown, and you're going to celebrate, and it's going to be the wrong Williams. It's like Sean and Jerome Brown. It's going to be the same. <laughs> They're both like six-foot-four dudes, too, you know, so. Oh, God. We're not, so not, not, not easy to decipher. Yeah, we're so screwed. But Reeves. Mike Williams had eight targets last week, and he had only had two in the first half. Like, I'm not ready right. to start chasing that rainbow yet. Oh, Kellen Ty- Clemens loves him. I mean, if Kellen Clemens <laughs> comes in this game, like. <laughs> if Kellen Clemens comes in this game. <laughs> if Kellen Clemens, there are going to be about, oh, 30% of the people who played who are going to be really. Listen, if Kellen Clemens come in this game, those deck those deck chairs did not go well. <laughs> <laughs> Either that or they went really. Or they went really wild. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But that's, I mean, Tyrell still do. 32 routes, man. 32 routes last week for Tyrell. Uh, he's been pretty awful. It's really hard to like outside of that, like say to him, he's out there, he's running around. He's out there, he's <laughs> running around. What about uh, are we willing to roll the dice on one Mr. Austin Eckler? No, it was the same reason of we talked about with Mike Williams. I mean, he had no, he, all his touches came in the fourth quarter last week. <laughs> I mean, he fumbled to cost them the game the week before and, you know, got punished for it. And I don't know. It's, it's just a gamble. Yeah, you, 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 you play Riddick. You don't play Eckler. Oh, I don't want to, I don't want to play Riddick. I want to play Eckler. Eckler's the new Riddick. He's the new Theo Riddick. Damn oh, I get the not the Silva knot. I like that. <laughs> uh, that might have just been like a kind, like, okay, Crane, whatever you say. <laughs> All right, let's talk about the uh, let's talk about the Giants and the Redskins. Uh, Forty-four and a half point total. Washington seven and a half point favorite. Evan, let's go straight to your boy Josh Doxson. Is is Cousins to Doxson the play this week? Oh, man, I think it could be. I think it could be. I mean, and it's really just built on the fact of how many big plays the Giants give up. And the fact that the the Redskins, like if you, I mean, obviously Vernon, you know, Big Vern is the he's the big play specialist for the Redskins. But um, if we're just looking at their their wide receivers, uh, Josh Doxson is is that dude theoretically. Um, and I mean, he's he's made some big plays. He hasn't made like just a lot of plays in general, uh, but he he has contributed some big plays recently. And uh, it's it's really just built on that. I mean. And he's he's playing a ton. I mean, I think he was 93% or he's 87% of the snaps last week. I think he was 93% the week before. Uh, set a or equal to, or set a season high in targets last week. Set a career high in yards. Um, you know, they they want to make him happen. That is, it it hasn't it hasn't happened yet. Uh, but I mean, he it seems like he's inching closer. And this is this is the kind of defense that. We'll, we'll bust your slump. Yeah, they are the slump buster. We'll just call them the slump buster. It's, uh, that's, that's how we roll over here. Reeves, unless you're Kareem Hunt. Unless. <laughs> All the Chiefs. Oh, yeah. I don't want to talk about Kareem Hunt, man. Uh, yeah, I'm not going to say that on there, but I don't like Kareem Hunt. All right, so <laughs> what about you, Reeves? If you're looking at the uh, Washington offense, is it is it Doxon? Is it Big Vern? Like, because this offense now, I mean, they're just so banged up without Chris Thompson. Like, we don't really know what to expect, right? Well, Vern is the is the dude. I mean, for, so Evan brought up the Chris Thompson. So Vern actually leads the team in receiving now. He's the team leader in receiving yards. Ah. So uh, uh, Big Vern. We don't need to talk about the Giants and like what how they like allow production to tight ends by this point. Like everyone knows it. Your oh, grandpa. Like, you're Listen, tomorrow you'll be eating, and your and your grandma's gonna be like, "Hey, man, I heard those tight ends versus the Giants. Like, you know, you better get better get him in." <laughs> you know, so and Big Burns is flash play guy. Like we talked about, you know, only Gronk and Kelsey have more receptions, twenty more yards. You watched that game last week. He only had three for sixty-seven, but two downfield shots he caught. You know, and he and he squeezed them. Um, the Dachshund thing is interesting because I have a, like different takes. So in the in this type of setting. Uh, when we're talking about this Thanksgiving from Thanksgiving slate from a DS, DFS perspective, I do like Josh Doxson. Uh, like it, it's elevated more than I do from a seasonal stance of who I'm going to play Josh Doxson over this receiver in my seasonal lineup. So they're two different takes I got there. I think when you watch that game from Doxson last week, 
there's two different things. One, Lattimore left the game after six plays, but Washington also used Docks in a different capacity than they have in past uh, up to this point in the season. You know, he had those 50-50 shots that we saw, but they ran him on wide receiver screens. He had a shallow drag coming across the field. Those are types of targets he wasn't getting. He was using, he was just being used strictly as an end zone shot play guy. Uh, so, I mean, if they're going to start rounding out his usage to where he is playing more of like a, a feature X receiver type of role, then that makes me a lot more interested in him hitting that ceiling everyone has been chasing. Uh, you know, I do think that from an individual standpoint, as bad as the Giants have been, and as bad as, you know, Janoris Jenkins has given up plays, I still look at it and I think Janoris Jenkins is a better player than Josh Jackson at this stage of their careers. And he can still win that matchup as long as the, he's in the game. Now, we haven't, we don't know. We've seen Janoris Jenkins check out, you know, multiple times in the past few weeks. Last week he came to play and, you know, he played well. So you don't know what you're going to get. Um, so, I mean, I like him in a setting like this because, like Evan said, we like Cousins. We, and we want to be on Cousins. He doesn't have Chris Thompson. Doxson's been ascending, playing snaps, has the upside. Uh, so, I mean, I like him a lot more saying this than, than taking, you know, saying I'm going to play Josh Doxson over a usable player in, you know, my regular season lineups. Um, but, yeah, outside that, I mean, we have to talk about P. Ryan a little bit. Because uh, P. P. Ryan on both sites is drastically different. He's 5K on DraftKings, but he's the second-highest priced running back on FanDuel right behind Melvin mm-hmm. Gordon. And when you I look was at shocked Ryan, when I saw his price on FanDuel. Hey, well yeah. done to FanDuel getting it up there. So when you when you look at him and how he scores points and how FanDuel running backs uh, you want to score points, he's arbitrageable on FanDuel, like for the price. When you think about how he scores and how a guy like Alfred Moore scores, how a guy like Latavius Murray scores, even a guy like Orleans Darkwell, they all score in a similar capacity and they're a lot more cheaper. Um, so, I mean, it's hard for me to say, like, you have to, like, you have to play him on FanDuel, even though you would see it be conducive, him being a huge home favorite against the leaky defense. Um, because I think uh, like guys like Flat and, and Alfred Morris present, you know, opportunity to take advantage of people playing him. But on DraftKings, man, at 5K, like, it's really hard to avoid uh, the situation he's in over the, there. Um, so, I mean, he, he yep. had a really horrible drop, too, in that game. So, I'm really curious to see. In the, in the overtime, he had a drop. I don't think they would have got a first down anyways. But John Gruden specifically brought up that play in the postgame. Uh, they're going to have Byron Marshlack, but I don't think they really trust him. It's, it's probably, he's probably going to get a lot of totes because they're going to win. I mean, he's got a seven-and-a-half-point home favor against a bad defense. But you know, you know where this is all bringing us, though, right? You know where this is all bringing us? Take us there. Ryan Grant. I'm here for Ryan Grant affection. I'm here for Ryan Grant affection. So last year, I think I think we got Bolden at 5100, right? We got Bolden at 5100 on Fanduel and uh, and Quan Bolden. We and we're getting Ryan Grant at 5200. Oh, so so the price the price of the under the uh, the tall wide receivers who aren't that good is uh, going up. Is that what you're saying? No, Ryan Grant isn't even tall. He, he's not tall. He's <laughs> really? not athletic. I just assumed he was a big guy. I don't watch a lot of Ryan Grant run routes. I'm sorry. I don't blame you. I don't blame you. He went to like Tulane, you know, like the most mediocre college football school ever. Uh, you know, he, he wasn't super productive really in college. Um, you know, he but he – hey, the coaches love him. Like Scott McLuhan, their ex-GM, uh, he'll like <laughs> – he, he, I don't know. Have you ever seen this Reeves? How he, he like kind of rips Ryan Grant. He calls him uh, Ryan Gruden because uh, <laughs> because the the because the coaching staff like uh, Scott McLuhan, their ex GM, always wanted to get rid of Ryan Grant and uh, get Rashad Ross. Uh, these guys would always go at it every preseason. Rashad Ross yeah, was like a much more of stud. like a. Rashad Ross was like much more of like a big play receiver. Mm-hmm. I think Rashad Ross is out the league right now. Uh, but he he want he always liked Rashad Ross and uh, the coaching staff love Ryan Grant. And now the now the coaching staff is getting an opportunity to play Ryan Grant. Ryan Grant is going to line up against. I mean, we don't even know. Eli Apple was like a healthy scratch last week, I believe. Uh, we don't even know who he's going to line up against. You know, I would expect Janoris Jenkins to be on Josh Doxson. and Grant has he plays a lot of snaps at this point. No Terrell Pryor. Um, he plays in two wides over Crowder. He has a bunch of red zone targets, like relative to how many targets he has on the season. He has a bunch of red zone targets. Like he has six red zone targets and, you know, not a lot of targets in general on the season. So um, 
he, I, I think he's, he, I think he's the Bolden. I'm going to go out and be bold and say that he's, he's our Bolden this year. I don't want to play Ryan Grant. I don't either, man, but we have to pick someone. Yeah. My, I'll tell you what, my, somebody's just going to be Dak. I'm just going to play. Un- <laughs> okay. Pretty so good just, well, your guy's Beasley then, right? I think Beasley's Dak, 55. Dak and Beasley, that's what, and, and, <laughs> Hey, that's how you attack the chargers. You attack them in the slot. Cole Beasley, 16 points, lock it up. I can't wait for Beasley to have three catches and two touchdowns. It's going to be <sighs> so amazing. Like, it's, it's good. You know, like, 19 like, yards. <laughs> that gets it done. That it, gets it's, it done, absolutely. It, it, and poor Evan, you know uh, the mentions are going to blow up. I do like Ryan Grant. I think a lot of people are on Ryan Grant. Um, I do like Ryan Grant, though, like I said. I mean, he ran 31 routes last week. He had the busted coverage touchdown. But the week before, he left the game with concussion. He ran just six routes and was targeted on three of them that week before against Minnesota. Like, he's like he's involved in the offense at this stage now that they've moved on from all these other receivers. Uh, so, I mean, I think he's he has a little cha- – he has more opportunity than we, we're probably crediting him for um, than, the, than his season-long stats suggest. Uh, Crowder's probably going to be – I always thought people like Ryan Grant because he was a good blocker. No, he's like a, he's like a small slot type, slight dude, man. I learn stuff every single week on this show, and that's why I love it. <laughs> yeah, the problem is that they have start. They're starting to like accrue like a like a bunch of redundant assets because he's he's more like Crowder, you know, like you said, he's in, in like a, tra- a traditional flanker. Um, you know, Crowder's gotten hot though at the right time too. Twenty seven point six percent of team targets his past three games played after just having fifteen percent, you know, through the season prior. Uh, the problem with Crowder, man, is he's got to find a paint. Like he hasn't scored in thirteen straight games. That's the longest streak. So maybe he's due. Maybe we just jump on it and say he's due. Uh, but, he, you know, like, again, it's the same thing. Like, so my thing with the Giants is, is they're terrible. But when you look at it from an individual standpoint, like, those guys, like him and like DRC and George Jenkins are good players and they want to be. And he's going to play all game against DRC. And it's like, you know, there's opportunity to be had there. But there are also there's also opportunity for those guys to come to play. The problem is, is like, the Giants get no pass rush. Like, Cousins is going to eat. Like, it's going to be – it's, it's going to be on. I mean, like the Redskins onslaught, I think, is, is totally in play if you want to go that route. Um, and, you know, whether you want to be Doxson and Crowder, Doxson and Grant, Doxson and Byrne, you know, P. Ryan Cousins, however you want to play it, I think that that's going to be – you just – you can wait and accrue your points late. The opposite of what Crane said, when people want to play their guys early and get the points, maybe you just hang back and, you know, you tortoise mm-hmm. it up and, and can come pull ahead at the end. With the Giants, obviously Sterling Shepard, he's got migraine issues right now, and I don't know. I feel like I'm supposed to lay somebody in the Giants, but what was that? You get the robot voice. I got the robot voice. Is it still robot voicing? Oh, uh, no. Oh, boy. Evan, talk about the Giants real quick, please. Uh, Evan Ingram? You know, uh, <laughs> let, let's let's talk about these wide receivers, though. Let's assume that Sterling Shepard is out because I think that the beat writers don't expect him to play. He, you know, the way this this stuff goes, he probably will end up playing. But let's just let's talk about the 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 receivers that are left if Sterling Shepard can't play. It is it's it's Roger Lewis week. Roger Lewis, Tavares King on the outside, Travis Rudolph in the slot, the way that you have beat up on the Redskins is through slot receivers. Um, I mean, Thielen really hurt them. Um, Doug Baldwin really hurt them. Nelson Aguilar got him twice. Uh, so, but I don't, Travis Rudolph, man, he hasn't really done anything. And, and he's gotten three shots to, to replace Sterling Shepard. He's super cheap. I mean, he's, he's 3K so, so, on DK. He's man. And he's just above men on FanDuel. Uh, he, I remember like uh, Scott Barrett went to of Pro Football Focus. He went to uh, Giants camp, and uh, you know like Davis Webb or something like love Travis Rudolph or something like that. But uh, man, I, I don't know. I mean, he he's someone that you can put in if you really just want to try to fit jam in a bunch of studs, you know. And then if hey, if he like scores a touchdown and gets like thirty yards, you're in a great great spot. Um, but I don't know. How are you uh, evaluating these three remaining wideouts, uh, Reeves? Well, I think on DK, Travis Rudolph is in play because he's just a, he opens up so much and he's going to get targets. 
He had six targets on 20 routes last week. He only ran 20 routes because the Giants actually were a neutral game script for one time in the last, you know, month. They actually, they, I would say they have low probability of being a neutral game script this game. So I think those 20 routes are going to look more like low 30s in this game. Uh, and he got targeted six times in 20 routes. I mean, he could probably turn in, you know, I would say, you know, eight targets in this game. At min price on DK, if you get eight targets for, for 3K. And Look at Crane. Crane like can't this, talk with his eyes light up. On a slate like this, on a slate like this, you're going to tell me if I can just get like five for 40 or something for 3K and, you know, he lets me get another play I really want in, uh, then I think he's a guy that definitely is going to be a, a, a tide lifter for the rest of your rosters that have him. Uh, the other two guys, like Lewis and King, keep trading off, you know, production. Uh, like we talked about with the Giants side, I mean, typically, I mean, they've, they've, they've started to get some production in the Redskins, but I think that just – Breland and Josh Norman are just in, in an overpowering advantage here. Like they just have such an advantage over both of these guys. And I know Roger Lewis is like the splash place guy and he could hit one on Breland. He's going to see more often. Uh, you could chase that definitely. And he's had more red zone targets than King. So, I mean, there's definitely a, a story I could tell myself on Roger Lewis. I think if I'm going to play anyone, it's going to be Rudolph and it's probably going to be DK specific. All right. Well, we have already basically spent this entire show talking about uh, the Thanksgiving slate, just like we did not plan on doing. So we did. real quick, we're, yeah, that's right. we're, we're going to go through the last three segments. We are going to fly because I don't want to keep David in the office until midnight. All right. Bounce backs. Evan, here's my bounce back for this week and Darrell Revis. <laughs> I only prepared for the Thanksgiving slate. I have a lot of work to do tonight. Uh, I will say that I really, really like T.Y. Hilton uh, against Dory Jackson and the Titans. Hey, you, we'll just load up on uh, – that's what I'm planning on doing, actually. I like Brissett and I like T.Y. Hilton, so we'll just party there. Reeves, any, uh, any thoughts on the main slate yet for you? Because I don't have any. Yeah, man, I got a bunch. I'm, I listen really? to Really? Yeah, dude. God, you're, I mean, I did, you're the best. Well, my article's out. My article's out. Yeah. <laughs> oh, did you just pop your collar when you said that? No, it was just <laughs> the day it's due. It's just the day it's due. Like, man. My article's out. <laughs> so I mean, no, Evan. Evan has a little more time on the shot clock left for to do more work. I'm, 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 I'm ahead of him. Listen, they put me in front of him because he, he's, he gets the luxury spot, man. The king, the king gets to put his feet on. <laughs> he gets to put his feet on the cushions. I gotta take mine at the top of the door, man. Like it's <laughs> so. I mean, uh, on the main slate, though, man, I do like. I a lot of people have played this card already, but I have not played my card yet. This is a Julio Jones week. I have not played my Julio card once all season. Uh, everyone's allotted one. Most have failed. This is my Julio Jones card week. Um, I know he's been frustrating. He's still fourth in the league in receiving yards per game. He leads all receivers and targets per route run. He has a 31 and a half percent target market share over his past five games. And he's in a spot that he's typically destroyed uh, and that we target. I mean, the uh, wide receiver ones are averaging 17.8 PPR points per game against Tampa Bay. It's the third highest total in the league. Uh, 68% of the receiving yards they allow is going to wide receivers. And that's uh, number three in the league. Uh, and Julio has just massacred the Buccaneers in his career. 68 catches for 1,110 yards and eight touchdowns in just 10 games. He's had 16.6 or more PPR points in nine of those 10 games uh, at home, indoors. Uh, I, I'm playing my one. Everyone gets one this year. I'm using my, this is the week for Julio Jones card this week. I will go all in, man. I will, oh, I will go. I'll put him in on every team, man. I mean, he's so he, cheap, man. He's fourth in the NFL in receiving yards. No one wants to play him. He has the best matchup on the board. Hello. Hi. Yeah, <laughs> I get what you're saying. Man, I just hate. Julio. See, here's the difference between like I haven't been playing Julio Jones, so like. Oh, okay. By the way, I mean, I will say this for Julio. <laughs> He's only had single-digit points over on DraftKings this year once all season. See, I haven't been playing him, so I haven't, like, felt the DFS score yet. What a life. Golly, Reeves, you're talking about the king lives the life, man. You're just over there. <laughs> you, got your, you, you don't need Evan's, like, little cushion to put his feet up on. You bought your own by fading Julio every week. So I'm here, man. But 78 on FanDuel, man. That's, you're going to have to get me. Like, I need – you're going to push me off that, man. You're going to need – I'm not going to need to push ball. you off anywhere. You're going to willingly jump off the ledge after playing Julio. Hey, man, I, I want to double down and say that Kareem Hunt is in a glorious spot, too. 
<laughs> no, I'm with you there, but I mean, boy, oh boy, there's everybody listening to the show right now is just beating their heads against whatever. Just build a lineup is. of like all the dudes that people are pissed <laughs> off at. Yeah, I don't have that much space. I, I only get what nine roster spots. <laughs> True. Golly, this season's just been a disaster of stuff like that. All right, guys, we got to get out of here. Um, if you guys were expecting the main slate, sorry, just play T.Y. Hilton, play Julio, and um, play Kareem Hunt too. Just anybody that you've hated all season, that's who we're gonna lock. But we got to go out read here. go read Evan's article. It'll have you covered, man. Yeah, that's a good. Yeah, check out Evan's article. Obviously, check out Reeves' article. Two of the best in the business, and. Um, that's going to do it for us. For Rich Rebar, for Evan Silva, I'm Eric Crane. Thank you for tuning in to the DFS Pick 6. We'll see you guys later. Peace.